Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. And with us right now, it's Adam Bandelli. Adam, you are the founder and managing director of Bandelli and Associates. You are found on the web uh, at bandelliandassociates.com. And, and you're also the author of two books, What Every Leader Needs, uh, which came out in 2020, and also the new book, which is forthcoming, and it's called Relational Intelligence. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be a part today. Yeah, so give us an overview of your work and tell me about that that wall of sneakers behind you. If you're watch, <laughs> if you're watching the video, uh, you'll see exactly what we're looking at. If you follow me, follow our social media. I've probably posted some video clips where you could see Adam's sneaker collection on the wall. Yeah, so the two are intimately connected. So I grew up in the '80s, idolizing Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, some of the the basketball players that were in the NBA. Um, and it was my first exposure to leadership and teamwork and motivation. And so the shoes are kind of uh, in memory of kind of Michael Jordan. And I've been a sneakerhead for the last 20 years. But the way that it's turned into the work I do in my career is um, I was fascinated by what great leaders do. And so I did my undergraduate around leadership and psychology. And then I did my doctoral degree um, focused exclusively on leadership, influence and relationships. Uh, my dissertation, which is now going to be uh, the subject of the next book coming out, Relational Intelligence, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, um, really stemmed from my work in graduate school 20 years ago. Uh, mm. I spent the first 10 years of my career working for a global management consulting firm where we focused on working with uh, boards, CEOs, and senior level executives around three areas. The first really being around selection, uh, both for internal roles and external placements, um, so we help companies identify the right people who will be good cultural fits for their companies. Uh, the second space that I do a lot of work is around leadership development and executive coaching. So I do coaching with CEOs. I do coaching with small business owners, startups. Uh, and then the third space is really what we call executive development. So we do a lot of work around training and really helping leaders grow in areas like relational intelligence or like conflict management or like vision setting. Um, I started my firm in 2016, where we mm -hmm. focus on the same three areas. Um, and it's been great. It's been a really good ability to kind of connect with leaders, build relationships and grow the business. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I, I so we I have to have a conversation about leadership in, you know, uh, you know, that you learned from players like Magic, Michael, Phil yeah. Jackson. And yeah. so when you watched uh, the, the Bulls series, I'm sure last, last year. Dance. Last uh, dance. Yeah. yeah. What things did you pick up from that series? You're like, man, every executive needs to pay attention to what they just illustrated or said or something like that. What are some of those things we could go back to? What was it called? The dance? Was it yeah, the last dance? Yeah. The last probably. dance. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there are three things that were takeaways for me from that. And it was kind of the way people deal with relationships. So Phil Jackson was a master orchestrator of identifying what his players did well 
and really maximizing their potential. So you look at Michael, he was the go-to for end of the game shots. You look at Scottie Pippen, who was kind of an all-purpose player. And then you look at someone like Dennis Rodman, who is a rebound and defensive person. Phil was a master identifying what their skills were, what their gaps were, and then really letting them play in the spaces where they could really perform well. So that would be the first thing. I think the second thing, um, looking at Jordan's work ethic, I think of other people like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James, there's a work ethic that he brought that was not just speaking and telling people what to do, but he modeled it. And so great leaders really model behaviors. They don't just tell their people what to do. And then I think the third piece is this idea around branding. I coach a lot of senior executives today. What is your leadership brand? What is the way that you want to be represented to people? What do you want your credibility and reputation to be? And so there was a way that Michael carried himself. You look at some of the NBA players today, they're covered in tattoos. They come into arenas and all types of crazy outfits. He wore a three-piece suit before every game. He took it as a business. And so there was a brand that till this day, 20 years later, Michael Jordan is probably the most famous athlete in the world because he has a global brand that he built in that point in time. Yeah. You know, it's um, how can somebody identify what their brand is as a leader? Is there an exercise where we could start to mind map this and start thinking about, you know, who we are and what we stand for and what we want to be known for? Like if we're unclear about what that is, they're like, I don't know, I just kind of show up and I do my job and I'm really good. (laughs) And and we're not getting into the the, the brandable uh, traits. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think there are really a couple of things that are important there. I think the first thing is having some strong self-awareness. I'll give you a perfect example of one of my clearing clients. It's a startup business. Um, The leader knows that he's very good at relationships and kind of building a network, but he understands there are some blind spots and weaknesses where he has to build a team of other people around him. Mm -hmm. Um, So the self-awareness is the first piece. The second piece is really getting a good mentor or a coach getting someone that can have an impact on your life. Mentors are good in companies because they know the culture and the environment. External coaches like myself, we're kind of a third-party perspective. We don't have any connections or biases within the company. Um, So getting a great coach that will help you figure out what you're good at, what your gaps are. They'll help you to build a development plan that we call it. So what are the three or four goals you want to work on to improve? And then they'll meet with you every month to kind of talk through those things. So I think having the self-awareness is important that you need support from others, getting a mentor, getting a coach to do it. And then the most important thing is putting in the work. Um, There's that saying, you could take the horse to the water, you can't force them to drink it. Leaders only change if they are intentional about moving their behaviors in a certain direction. Yeah. What do you say to someone who says, um, well, I, I don't want to coach because I think that that is, is like a sign of weakness or I'm not good enough or I'm not strong enough myself. Like I should be able to just kind of fly by my natural gifts and work ethic and, um, you know, and, and you know, having, you know, if, if other, if I made the investment in a coach, other people would feel like, um, you I don't know, like there's something wrong with me or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so I'm a big proponent of words and language, and I talk about this with all my clients. Um, executive coach, there is the negative connotation of the stereotype that I'm broken, I have an issue I have to fix. Mm-hmm. So when we talk to our clients, we talk about us being trusted advisors. A trusted advisor is like the consigliere and the godfather. You're there to help your leaders solve problems and address issues that they're facing. So I think the language that leaders use, I think everyone should have a good um, outside counsel that gives them guidance and is a problem solver with them. Um, So that's the way we talk about it at my firm. 
if people still are uncomfortable with it, you should have good mentors. I've had mentors since I was in college and people that I wanted to sow into my life um, where I wanted to grow or I wanted to improve. So if the coaching or the trusted advisor thing is difficult to wrap your head around, find a good mentor, find someone who's different than you, who's had more experience than you and that you can learn from. Yeah. And um, when you engage with somebody, uh, an executive, what does that typically look like? So are you are you like, yeah, well, okay, we're probably going to, you're probably going to need to hire me for life. Or is there, you know, usually just like, well, let's, let's kind of focus on, you know, you know, a period of time. Maybe it's, you know, kind of geared toward a specific outcome. Cause I think a lot of people coming in, like they could probably pinpoint where it hurts right now. And I think maybe they're motivated to say, well, listen, I don't know about the other stuff, but right now, all I know is I keep having conflict or yeah. I'm yeah. burnt out or yeah. whatever, you know, where it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple of things that we talk about at our firm. The biggest thing is context is king. So context dictates a lot of things. We look at COVID as being one of those issues. So we do coaching in a number of different areas. I'll give you one example from a recent client. There was an executive, executive vice president level. He was integrating into a company. It was a new role and he was a new leader into the company. About six months in, he started to realize that he wasn't having the impact and the influence that he wanted to, but he couldn't really put his finger on what the issue was. Um, So he proactively went to HR and said, hey, I want to get an external coach to help me work through whatever this stickiness is. Um, So I came in and we talked about, you know, and I do this with all my clients. What are you trying to get out of coaching? What are your goals? So for him, it was to strengthen his self-awareness to see what he was doing that wasn't working and what was it about the culture that wasn't meshing well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I spent about two to three hours with him, which we typically call our leadership experience interview, where I got to learn about his background and his upbringing, things that shaped him from childhood all the way up to who he is as a person today. So we got at his wiring, kind of how he thinks, how he approaches things. And then what we do in our coaching process is we do what's called a 360 interview process, where I will speak to 12 to 15 of his different colleagues, people above him, people across and people below to really say, hey, how does this leader show up? And then we pull that information together mm. and say, okay, this is how the psychologist or the leadership advisor, or the coach sees you. This is how your people see you. We put that together and we say, okay, this is how you show up as a leader. And for this leader, particularly, he showed up as someone who was really bright, really strategic, really smart, but he had difficulty building relationships and getting buy-in from others. He always had that kind of proverbial bull in the China shop, China shop approach, or he was not easily um, influenced by others. And so we were able to build a plan to say, okay, three things you need to work on. You need to work on your relationships. You need to work on listening before you speak. And you need to work on really taking in others' perspectives and showing empathy before you give them your counsel or or opinion. So it gave us a six-month roadmap where we were able to solve those problems. And he walked away from that with a better acclimation into the culture. Yeah. Um, Boy, it's got to (laughs) be... I, I wonder if folks get a little nervous, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I don't want to, you know, it's like, there's a fear of like, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear the bad news. I don't want to, I'm nervous to hear the negative, you know, the negative side of, you know, how I might be showing up, but I mean, it, you know, I, how do you address that? Cause I'm sure that there are people that raise some yeah. concerns like crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I think there are really two things. This goes into my next book coming out relational intelligence. So we, at my firm, we focus on helping leaders identify, unlock and unleash their full potential. Mm-hmm. So if you work with me or one of my colleagues, we want to see you become the best version of yourself. 
And so that is how we approach the situation from the start. The way that we practice relational intelligence, I came up with this concept 20 years ago. I've done research on it. I put it into practice. You experience that in your interactions with me. So my clients know that I genuinely am interested in the partnership we're building. There's a sense of trust and psychological safety that I bring to our conversations and our dynamic. And trust is very important. So I often tell my clients, yes, your company is footing the bill. They're paying for this. But I'm your partner here with you. And we're working on this together as in a relationship. And so using that as the framework to start with, um, our clients know that we want to see the best version come out of them. They know that we are invested in the relationship. And part of that is being honest and giving direct feedback. I will often tell my clients that I will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Um, and it could be the New York background and upbringing too, more direct. Um, <laughs> but, but again, sometimes people need to have the mirror held up in front of them and say, okay, you're really good at these things, but these are some blind spots. And if you want to become the best version of yourself, you have to address both. I'm a firm believer in the 80-20 rule, focus 80% of your time on your strengths, but you have to know about these blind spots. And if you don't want to work on them, then surround yourself with people who are good in those areas so you can complement each other nicely. Tell me more about relational intelligence, your book, and, and kind of the, uh, the, you know, by the end of the book. Yeah. What is the transformation that, that can occur for the reader? Yeah. So let's talk about why the book is even important. Why relational intelligence now? We are experiencing across industries the great resignation, the great realignment. Um, that is one of the things that's happening now. We are now moving out of the pandemic where companies are trying to figure out how to do either a hybrid, hybrid or work remote model. Um, we have the social justice issues that took place in 2020. There is more of a focus in organizations around diversity, equity, inclusion. Companies are coming up with now purpose statements to reflect that. Um, and there's been a lot of focus both in the corporate world and in the academic circles around servant leadership. And what does that mean? So relational intelligence is the ability to successfully connect with people and build strong, long-lasting relationships. Employees of today, especially millennials or Gen Y employees, they want to feel that their leaders are invested in their growth and development, and they want to feel that they're connected to something greater than just the work that they're doing. That's why people are leaving companies. That's why we're in the great resignation right now. Relational intelligence is a way for leaders to intentionally build relationships with their people um, for the end goal or outcome to have a positive impact on their lives. So when we talk about influence, we don't talk about getting people to do what you want them to do. It's not about manipulation or control or authority. It's about really helping your people become the best versions of themselves and that great leaders, great servant leaders, they think with that mindset and they practice five specific skills to build those relationships. The book focuses on the five skills. So the first half of the book, I really talk about what those skills are. Um, the skills include establishing rapport. So the initial connection that you have with people, and this ranges from body language to eye contact to verbals and nonverbals. Um, how do you build an initial connection with someone? Um, the second bucket is understanding others. And so this is really being intentional about learning about people on a deep level. It's having good EQ and understanding emotions. It's being a good active listener. It's being able to be curious and inquisitive. Uh, the third bucket is embracing individual differences. And this is really the piece around diversity. Can you appreciate different people based on race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender, and value the diversity of thought that's brought to the table when different people are talking and working with one another? Uh, developing trust is the fourth bucket. This is the most important bucket. Great leaders extend mm -hmm. trust. They don't demand it. 
Um, they follow up on their commitments. They show up consistently and they are willingly interested in making their people better. And then the fifth and final, which is the most powerful, that's cultivating influence. You can only have a positive impact on people if they know you have their best interests at heart. Um, so the book kind of lays out what those five skills are. And then the second part of the book talks about how relational intelligence applies to your family life with your family relationships, how it applies to your friendships, how it applies to your professional relationships, and then how it even applies to romance and marriage. And so again, this framework, these five skills, I think are useful for anyone trying to build relationships. Um, it is an answer to the great resignation. If employees feel valued, there's that saying that, you know, people will take a job for pay, title, or the prestige of the organization. They will leave companies because of poor relationships, or they will stay because of good relationships with their managers. So relational intelligence is a way for leaders to practice the skills, to keep their employees engaged, to keep them happy, and to keep them in their companies. Yeah. Um, so Adam, your website is bandelliandassociates.com. When somebody goes there, what should they do? Like how, how can they kind of continue this relationship here? Yeah. So I think a great piece is to, there is a link at the top of our page that has media. Um, it talks about all the different podcasts and outlets and articles that I've written over the last year or so. Um, we have just started to release a number of articles on relational intelligence the book is slated right now to come out in May or June. Um, so we're going to be talking about it and promoting it. So that I think would be the first place I'd like to direct your listeners is the things that are most important to our clients right now, the great resignation, COVID. We're writing about that and we're connecting it to relational intelligence. So that would be the first place. If you want to learn about our service offerings, there's another tab that you can see about our executive coaching practice or interview practice or our high potential practice. So those would be the first two areas. The other piece that I would recommend is to go to our social media. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find uh, our firm on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. So that's another place where your listeners can get information about what we're doing, about the promotion of the book, and about just how we view leadership. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrific. And this is all starting from Bandelli and associates.com. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, just click on the little I symbol, click on the show notes, just some way to like the about, and you'll find uh, where we've got a direct link, uh, Adam, to your website. Adam Bandelli, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Again, author of the new book, Relational Intelligence. Uh, and again, you're the managing director of Bandelli and Associates. And that is found again on BandelliandAssociates.com. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. 
Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share re you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.